Chapter Twenty Two of Nobody's Man by E. Phillips Oppenheim. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Berard. Chapter Twenty Two. Whilst Tallente rejuvenated and with a wonderful sense of well-being at the back of his mind was on his feet in the house of commons on the following afternoon leading an unexpected attack against the unfortunate government dartrey sat at tea in nora's study nora who had had a very busy day was leaning back in her chair well content though a little fatigued dartrey who had forgotten his lunch in the stress of work was devoting himself to the muffins while i think of it he said let me thank you for playing hostess so charmingly the other night she made him a little bow your dinner party was a great success wasn't he murmured a little doubtfully i am not quite so sure i can't seem to get a talent somehow he is doing his work well isn't he the mechanical side of it is most satisfactory dartrey confessed he is the most perfect parliamentary machine that was ever evolved surely that is exactly what you want you were always complaining that there was no one to bring the stragglers into line for the present dartrey admitted talent is doing excellently i wish though that i could see a little farther into the future tell me exactly what fault you find with him nora persisted he lacks enthusiasm already he makes none of the mistakes which are coincident with genius and he is a little intolerant he takes no trouble to adapt himself to varying views he has a fine broad outlook but no man can see into every corner of the earth and what is outside his outlook does not exist anything else he is not happy in his work there is something wanting in his scheme of life i have built a ladder for him to climb i have given him the chance of becoming the greatest statesman of to-day one would think that he had some other ambition nora sighed she looked across at her visitor a little diffidently i can help you to understand andrew tallant she declared his condition is the greatest of all tributes to my sex he has had an unhappy married life from forty to fifty he has borne it philosophically as a man may now the reaction has come with the first dim approach of age he becomes suddenly terrified for the things he is missing dartrey was thoughtful i dare say you are right he admitted but if he needs an aspasia surely she could be found nora rested her head upon her fingers she seemed to be watching intently the dancing flames her broad womanly forehead was troubled her soft brown eyes pensive he is fifty years old she said it is rather an anomalous age at fifty a man's taste is almost hypercritical and his attraction to my sex is on the wane no the problem isn't so easy dartrey had finished tea and was feeling for the cigarette case i rather fancied nora that he was attracted by you well he isn't then she replied with a smile he was rather by way of thinking that he was the other night but that was simply because he was in a curiously unsettled state and he felt that i was sympathetic you are a very clever woman nora he said looking across at her you could make him care for you if you chose is that to be my sacrifice to the cause she asked am i to give my soul to its wrong keeper 
that our party may flourish you don't like talent i like him immensely she contradicted vigorously if i weren't hopelessly in love with someone else i could find it perfectly easy to try and make life a different place for him he looked at her with trouble in his kind eyes it was as though he had suddenly stumbled upon a tragedy i have never guessed this about you nora he murmured you are not observant of small things she answered a little bitterly who is the man that i shall not tell you do i know him less i should say than any one of your acquaintance he was silent for a moment or two then it chanced that the telephone rang for him with a message from the house of commons he gave some instructions to his secretary it is a queer thing he remarked as he replaced the receiver how far our daily work and our ambitions take us out of our immediate environment i see you day by day nora i have known you intimately since your school days and i never guessed you never guessed and i have no time to suffer she answered so we go on until the breaking time comes until one part of ourselves conquers and the other loses it is rather like that just now with andrew tallente a few more years and it will probably be like that with me he threw his cigarette away as though the flavor had suddenly become distasteful and sat drumming with his fingers upon the table his eyes fixed upon nora tallente's position he said thoughtfully one can understand he is married isn't he and with all the splendid breadth of his intellectual outlook he is still harassed by the social fetters of his birth and bringing up i can conceive talent as a person too high-minded to seek to evade the law and too scornful for intrigue but you nora how is it that your love brings you unhappiness you are young and free and surely he concluded with a little sigh when you choose you can make yourself irresistible she looked at him with a peculiar light in her eyes i have proved myself very far from being irresistible she declared the man for whose love my whole being is aching to-day is absolutely unawakened as to my desirability i enjoy with him the most impersonal friendship in which two people of opposite sexes ever indulged i thought that i was acquainted with all your intimates dartrey observed in a puzzled tone let me meet this man and judge for myself nora do you mean that she asked certainly very well then she acquiesced i'll take him to dinner here when are you free he glanced through a thin memorandum book on sunday night at eight o'clock she said you won't mind a simple dinner i know i can promise you that you will be interested my friend is worth knowing dartrey took his departure a little hurriedly he had suddenly remembered an appointment at his committee rooms and went off with his mind full of the troubles of a northern constituency on his way up parliament street he met miller who turned and walked by his side heard the news the latter asked curtly no is there any was the quick reply talents broken the truce miller announced there was rather an absent debate on the compensation clauses of pensions allotment bill talent pulled them to pieces and then challenged a division the government whips were fairly caught napping and were beaten by twelve votes dartrey's eyes flashed talent is a most wonderful tactician he said 
this is the second time he's forced the government into a hole horlick will never last the session at this rate there are rumors of a resignation of course miller went on but they aren't likely to go out on a snatched division like this we don't want them to dartrey agreed all the time though this sort of thing is weakening their prestige we shall be ready to give them their coup de grace in about four months the two men were silent for a moment then miller spoke again a little abruptly i can't seem to get on with talent he confessed i am sorry dartrey regretted you will have to try miller we can't do without him try i have tried was the impatient rejoinder talent may have his points but nature never meant him to be a people's man he's too hidebound in convention and tradition upon my soul dartrey he makes me feel like a republican of the bloodthirsty age he's so blasted superior you're going back to the smaller outlook miller his chief expostulated these personal prejudices should be entirely negligible i am perfectly certain that talent himself would lay no stress upon them stress upon them damn it i'm as good as he is miller exclaimed irritably there is no harm in talent's ratting quitting his order and coming amongst us democrats but what i do object to is his bringing the mannerisms and outlook of eton and oxford amongst us when i am with him he always makes me feel that i am doing the wrong thing and that he knows it dartrey frowned a little impatiently this is rubbish miller he pronounced it is you who are to blame for attaching the slightest importance to these trifles trifles miller growled within a very short time dartrey this question will have to be settled does talent know that i am promised a seat in his cabinet i think that he must surmise it the sooner he knows the better miller declared acidly talent can unbend all right when he likes he was dining at the trocadero the other night with brooks and ainley and parker and saunderson the most cheerful party in the place talent seemed to have slipped out of himself and yet there isn't one of those men who has ever had a day's schooling or has ever worn anything but ready-made clothes he leaves his starch off when he's with them what's the matter with me i should like to know i'm a college man even though i did go as an exhibitioner i was a school-teacher when those fellows were wielding pickaxes dartrey looked at his companion thoughtfully for a single moment the words trembled upon his lips which would have brought things to an instant and profitless climax then he remembered the million or so of people of miller's own class and way of thinking to whom he was a leading light and he choked back the words i find this sort of conversation a little peevish miller he said as soon as any definite difference of opinion arises between you and talent i will intervene at present you are both doing good work our cause needs you both you won't forget how i stand miller persisted as they reached their destination no one has ever yet accused me of breaking my word was a somewhat chilly rejoinder you shall have your pound of flesh End of chapter twenty two